So, <clears throat> hi, good morning, it's good to be with you. <laughs> Start again. And if you're online, it's good to have you with us too. We're going to read from the New Testament part of the Bible, from, from Matthew's um, version of the good news about Jesus, from chapter 8 and verse 14. We're in this series, this term of looking at um, uh, Jesus talking, and some of the things that he said, some of the powerful, life-changing things that he said. And this morning we're, we're, just, we're looking at some of the challenges that he brought, uh, very simple but powerful challenges that he brought into two people's lives. So Matthew eight fourteen, When Jesus came into Peter's house, he saw Peter's mother-in-law lying in bed with a fever. He touched her hand and the fever left her. And she got up and began to wait on him. When evening came, many who were demon-possessed were brought to him, and he drove out the spirits with a word and healed all the sick. This was to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet Isaiah. He took up our infirmities and carried our diseases. When Jesus saw the crowd around him, he gave orders to cross to the other side of the lake. Then a teacher of the law came to him and said, Teacher, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus replied, Foxes have holes, and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Another disciple said to him, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. But Jesus told him, Follow me, and let the dead bury their own dead powerful words. Jesus, later on in, in Matthew's good news, um, tells a story of a, a, a man who was a pearl hunter. Uh, somehow pearls had caught his eye and captured his heart and he just loved pearls. And uh, one day he came across a huge, beautiful pearl. He'd never seen anything like it before in his whole life. And it was one of those must have occasions and uh, and but yet this this huge beautiful pearl was far too expensive for him to have so what did he do he sold everything that he got everything he got just to get that one beautiful pearl jesus told that story just to simply say you may have a whole load of beautiful, bountiful things, but to get the beauty of the kingdom of God, to get the beauty of knowing the Lord Jesus Christ, it is worth giving up everything for him. And when we come to this passage that we just read together, we, we find a few things. First of all, Jesus heals his mo um, Peter's mother-in-law, Oh, Peter must have been thrilled about that, getting the mother-in-law healed. Well, that was a load off his back, wasn't it? <laughs> but notice this, that as soon as the mother-in-law's healed, she's not saying, all oh, right, I'm going to need some kind of a um, rest now and recuperation. The first thing she does is she serves and waits on Jesus. And that's a kind of a bit of a clue uh, to this little passage. Because when you've met Jesus in his grace, in his love, in his power, one of the sure signs that that's genuine is your heart will be to serve him. 
You just want to give yourself out to serve him. And that's what she does. And then as people begin to realize Jesus is around, the crowd begins to gather. And I, I'm kind of always intrigued by that because the, the crowd just grows and grows and grows as Jesus heals people, as Jesus releases people from evil spirits and they're set free from, from the bondage, from the grip those spirits have over their lives. And, and, and as that begins to happen and the crowd begins to, to, to grow, we find that two things happen. One, the crowd is happy to follow Jesus, but there's a difference between following in the crowd and then stepping out of the crowd to follow him. And it's almost like you get one of those big shots of, of a crowd um, you know, you watch Match of the Day and you'll see the whole crowd and suddenly the camera will zoom right in on one football supporter. And here we've got this crowd of people that are following Jesus. Jesus just said, let's, let's get in the boat, let's go to the other side of the lake. And, and suddenly the, the, the camera seems to zoom right in on two different people. The first one's a scribe. Now, a scribe was a highly educated man. He, he um, would have known, uh, especially the first five books of the Old Testament part of the Bible. Uh, um, not Matthew, Mark, Luke and John. That's the first four books of the New Testament bit. This is Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers and Deuteronomy. It's called the Torah or the law, the books of Moses. Now the scribe would have been an expert in those books, an expert in the Old Testament and he would have been somebody who in his educated trajectory, if you will, would have been seeking to see and looking to see the Old Testament being fulfilled. And one of the greatest fulfillments of the Old Testament for a, a self-respecting scribe would be to find and discover who the Messiah was. Who the saviour that God was going to send would be or could be. So when this scribe steps out of the crowd and says, Jesus, I will follow you. Master, I will follow you wherever you go. It's not just a whim. It's not just, oh, this guy's doing a lot of healings. Oh, he's going across the lake. I know, I'll get in the boat with him. It's more than that. He steps out of the crowd because he's made a huge decision in his life. A huge decision in his heart and his head because he's in his scribe thinking. He sees Jesus as Messiah. Jesus has somebody that he's prepared to step out of the crowd and follow. I guess, I don't know, if, if I was him I'd be like, I found the Messiah, I'm going to follow him, that's going to be great. And so he says it to Jesus and Jesus turns around and says these powerful words. Foxes have holes or dens. Birds of the air have nests. The Son of Man, that's one of the names Jesus used for him. A name that comes out of a chapter in the book of Daniel in the Old Testament and, and Ezekiel. And um, the Son of Man was a name Jesus took for himself to kind of point to himself about being the Messiah. So he says to the scribe, the Messiah, he's got no place to lay his head. I'm not told anymore. It's almost like the scribe's there, I don't know, maybe feeling pleased with himself. Maybe think, I found the Messiah, I'm going to follow him, I'm going to get in the boat with him. And Jesus said, this isn't a boat ride. 
This is not a boat ride. The Son of Man has no place to lay his head. In other words, if you think you've found a pearl of great price in me, are you prepared to give up everything like I have? Wow. Wow. I don't know if the scribe was expecting that. He was following in the crowd. He steps out to say, I will follow. And then Jesus said, but will you give up everything? And then the next guy kind of uh, steps out of the crowd. And um, he's not saying, I'll follow Jesus. He says, Master, um, if you're calling me to follow you, let me first go and bury my father. And Jesus said these powerful words, almost terrible words, let the dead bury their own dead. What's going on here? Uh, one of my favorite guys I like reading, um, who, who's written so much about the, the New Testament times, is a guy called Kenneth Bailey. And uh, he writes because he was brought up in the East, the Near East, um, and he, he's a scholar and he has an incredible grasp on some of the culture and the, the, the traditions. And um, he writes about this and he says, Basically, what the, 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 the man would have been saying is not, my dad's just died and it's the funeral today, okay? Because that's what it feels like, doesn't it? It feels like his dad's dead and Jesus won't even let him go and bury him. No, what he's really saying is this. Part of my res family responsibility, Jesus, is to serve my father in the family business and, and for me to then um, um, wait till he's died... And then when he's died and I've done all my duties for him, that's when I'll follow you. So basically this chap stepped out of the crowd saying, I'll follow, but actually saying, I'll follow when I'm good and ready. I'll follow when the, I'll follow when the circumstances are okay for me to kind of let myself go. I'll follow then. And when Jesus says, let the dead bury their own dead, he's saying, you need to follow now. This is a now moment for you. You need to follow now. And Jesus is saying, you need to break the culture that's binding you. You need to break the traditions that are binding you. And you need to let go. There's a brilliant story in, in the Old Testament part of the Bible from Kings about a guy called Elisha who was, who was following a prophet and, and learning from a prophet, Elijah. But when Elijah comes to Elisha and says to Elisha, follow me, Elisha goes home. You think, hang on a minute, you're not supposed to do that. You're supposed to let the dead bury their own. No, he goes home. At the time, he's plowing. And he, he's plowing, then there's, there's 12 yoke of oxen. Now they plowed in pairs, so there's six pairs. So you can imagine six guys going across a field, plowing. It'd be like one of these huge, huge uh, tractor plowers we get today, you know, with about five or six shares on each side of the tractor, just, just ripping up a field ready for sowing and planting. And, and they can't do that because they haven't got tractors. They've not been invented yet. Took another few thousand years. But... Um, Elisha's got the equivalent and so he's plowing along with six other guys and he's got his oxen and when Elijah says to him follow me he takes his oxen home he takes the yoke that holds them together off he burns them on the fire 
he kills the oxen, he has a barbecue and says goodbye. In other words, he burnt his bridges, or his oxen, <laughs> he burnt them and he left everything, everything to obey God and become an amazing prophet that God used so powerfully in the, in the Old Testament part of the Bible. And when Jesus says to the guy who steps out of the crowd to say, I'm following you, but I'm following you when, I'm following you if, Jesus is like saying, so what other excuses have you got? What, what other reasons are you going to use to, to put this day off? You know, I'd be a really good procrastinator if I could get around to it. And we're like that, aren't we? You know, ready to put things off. And I, and I guess what's happening here is that Jesus is actually saying, there is a cost to following me, but the gain is a pearl of great price. The cost to following me is that you are prepared to give up everything, make me your absolute number one priority, right here, right now. The cost to following me will mean that you're prepared to let everything go and step out of the crowd and make me your Christ, your Messiah, your Saviour and see that everything else is of nothing. See, the guy with the pearls, he had some amazingly beautiful pearls but he's prepared to let them go for the one. When it comes to me, I know I've got, I've got some amazingly beautiful things in my life. And I don't know about you, you might have the same. Or you might say, well, I haven't, I've got a lot of rubbish, you know. Um, but listen, most of us have things that we would hold on to. Most of us have things in our lives that, that time and time again take priority for who we are and for what we're doing. But there are times when Jesus said, are you going to step out of the crowd and are you going to leave those things behind and follow me? I know, I know for myself that there's been, there's kind of, there's one big occasion and then there's an ongoing time. So I'll, I'll tell you about the big occasion. So this is way back in the 70s. This is the 1970s, not the 1870s. Just, just you know. So, now some of you don't even know what the 1970s are, but that was the greatest decade of rock music ever. Just, just that's, think about it. Forget history. Just remember the greatest decade of rock music ever. Um, so the 1970s. It's late 1970s, and I'd been working for my uncle and my dad. My, my uncle was really my boss. Um, I was running a, a distribution warehouse for ICI fertilizers on the way to Liverpool. Um, I'd got a company car, it was a brand new Golf. It was diesel, and back in those days, you had to pedal really hard to make a diesel go fast at all, but it would. It was a brand new uh, uh, VW Golf diesel. That was my company car. Um, my dad and my uncle kind of had me slated for um, growing up through the, the company and then, and then becoming one of the directors of the company. And, uh, but God had got a hold of my life. 
God's Holy Spirit had met me one Sunday night in church and so powerfully and deeply changed me that the only thing I wanted to do was serve him. I didn't mean to say I went off immediately, but I know there was a time when I had to get before God and say, God, is it going to be the company car and the company and the good wage? Or is he going to be following you as a poor pastor? Now, back then, you've got to know pastors were poor. We're paid a lot better now. Seriously, we are. But back then, pastors were poor. Um, is it going to be that? And am I, am I prepared to give up what I thought was the trajectory of my life to serve you and follow you? And I, I used to have this list of texts from the Bible that I'd written out, dated, and times when I felt God had really spoken to me, and um, I, I kind of had going to have this weekend where I was going to fast and pray and wrestle out with God till, uh, till um, I, I knew what God had spoken, and uh, so there was on my knees in my grandma's spare bedroom in Dolphin Home, in the house I was actually born in, and then um, and I was praying and praying and praying. And I'd only be praying about 20 minutes. That's a long time to fast when you're a you know, 22-year-old. <laughs> 20 minutes is a long time to go without food. But I've been praying. And um, I had this list on the bed as I knelt in front of it. And, and, and it's just like God the Holy Spirit said to me, Andrew, you know what I want. This is a now moment. Are you going to step out of the crowd and follow me? You know what I want. All you have to do is say yes. So I said yes, went down, had my breakfast, broke the fast. <laughs> but the point was, it was a step out of the crowd moment for me. And that, that reset the trajectory of my life. Because at that point, I knew what God wanted for me. And that's 1970. Nine. I went off to do theology and train to become a minister and kind of, I won't say the rest is history because it's, it's, there's been some wonderful stuff on the way. But that's, that's kind of that now moment. And for some of us this morning, that might be the now moment for you. you you've done this great procrastination game where you just kept putting it off and putting it off and putting it off and you know Jesus is calling you. You know he's got his hand on your life. You know he's saying, are you listening? You know he's saying, will you step out of the crowd and follow me? You know those things. But he keeps saying, Jesus, half an arm's length. I'll sing the songs and I'll pray some prayers. And I'll read my Bible, but, but I'm going to keep you at half an, hour, an arm's length. And you, you know in your heart you're actually putting it off and you're resisting him. And this morning might be a now moment for you. But I said there's, there's other times in my life. And those keep happening. It might be in a worship song. It might be a, a point where I've done a Bible reading or I'm praying. And I just know that that's another now moment. And this is what I pray in those now moments. I say, God, I give you my home. It's not my house, it's yours. God, I give you my finances and my pension scheme because they're not my money, it's yours. God, I give you my daughters and their husbands and my grandchildren, I give them to you because they're not mine, they're yours. 
got to give my wife Catherine because she's not mine, she's yours. God, I give you the ministry that you've given me because it's not mine, it's yours. God, I give you my life and my breath because it's not mine, it's yours. And I wonder if for some of us this morning that that might need to be something that we keep kind of having a life cycle round to where we're on our knees again and we're saying to God again, I'm not my own. I was bought with a price. Because that story turns itself round, you know. That God the Heavenly Father looked down on you and saw a pearl of great price. And he said to his son, we've got to give up everything. We've got to give everything we can to buy those pearls back into our joy, into our kingdom. And that's what Jesus did on the cross. He paid a price to buy you the pearl, the beautiful pearl, back to him. And he's saying this morning, it's a now time. Will you, will you step out of this crowd? Will you step out of this crowd and follow me? There was another highly educated guy. His name was Paul. And uh, the apostle Paul hated Christians. He, he persecuted them. He put them in prison. He even had them killed and stoned and, and stuff like that. And he met the risen Lord Jesus Christ and that totally revolutionized his life. Totally turned him around to the point that then Jesus became absolutely everything in his life. Listen to some of his words from Philippians chapter 1 and verse 21. For me to live is Christ. To die is gain. If I'm to go on living in this body, this will mean fruitful labor for me. Yet what shall I choose? I, I don't know. I'm torn between the two. I desire to depart and be with Christ, which is better by far. The beauty of giving up everything is you get Jesus. It's better by far. Now Paul carried on living for a while. And as far as we know, he was executed for his faith in Rome, or martyred for his faith in Rome. But he knew this, and he didn't just write about it here, he wrote it in other places. That basically for me to live is Christ. To die is gain. And he's calling that heartbeat from us this morning. What would you give up? Because the number one thing to give up in this unbelievably selfie-orientated society, the number one thing to give up is yourself. The number one thing for me to give up is myself. And then find that somehow God the Heavenly Father sees me, sees you as his pearl of great price. Will you let go? In your heart, are you just hanging on to those things and say, don't tell me this message this morning, Andrew. I don't want to hear it. I want to run out the door because I'm the great procrastinator. This might be a now moment for you. Let's pray together.
So just in the quietness, listen to Jesus calling you out of the crowd. Hear your name being spoken by him. Hear him say over you, speak over you, you're my pearl of great price and I, I died to buy you back to me. Will you surrender yourself? Will you surrender your, your house, your family, your home, your career, your finances, your life, your breath? Because the beauty of giving yourself up is that you'll find yourself more than you ever found yourself before in me. Allow God the Holy Spirit to speak those things into your life this moment, this morning.